Welcome to the Empowered Movement Podcast. Hello, everyone. Dr. Emily Rausch checking in. My lovely dog, Samson, is hanging out underneath the table that I use to record on. So if you hear any random sounds like his nail scratching against my floor just then, that's what's going on. Today's topic of the day is inspired by a post that I did on Instagram that got quite a few comments on it, which I always like comments. I like interacting with people. The topic of the post was about how to properly engage your shoulder in an overhead position while on a pole. It could be any vertical apparatus. I pole dance. I tend to see a lot of pole dancers in my practice and the topic of how to engage your shoulder for strength and for stability is a hot button one. And I thought it would be interesting to expand upon it a little bit more than I could in an Instagram caption or comment. So I want you to picture having a vertical apparatus and you are going to reach up as high as you can on it and then pull yourself up off the ground. A lot of cues that people use to try and have their shoulders be stable go against how our shoulders actually move. A few of these cues are pull your shoulders down and black, down and back create space between your shoulder and your ear, keep your shoulder blades down and back, put your shoulder blades in your back pocket. And while I get where these cues are coming from and I get why they're continued to be used, um, there's better ways. There's better ways to engage your shoulders. There's better words to use. And where it gets tricky, and I want to put this caveat out there because a few of the comments pointed out where it can be a little bit overwhelming is a lot of instructors don't have a lot of body background information. So a lot of anatomy um, education, a lot of biomechanics, kinesiology education in their background. A lot of times they are people that like to do a certain skill and they're good at it. And so they are asked to teach the skill that they are good at. No shade towards people that are doing their best. I also want to point out that it can be really tricky when you are teaching people that don't have a lot of body awareness. A lot of beginner to like intermediate-esque students do not have a lot of body awareness usually. And a lot of times, especially in aerial arts, they don't necessarily have an athletic background. And so this might be the first time that they're doing a sport in their life or for a really long time. Side note, most adult recreational or most recreational aerialists are adults. And I think pole, aerial circuits, all of those things are really a great way for people to move their bodies, to gain confidence in their bodies, to increase strength, to have a wonderful community. The reason that I bring up that there's better cues that we could be using is I see a lot of people in my practice where their shoulders are injured 
because of these cues. And I don't think that instructors intend to have their students be injured because that would make no sense, but it is the outcome of a little bit of misunderstanding about how the human body works. So trying to bridge what happens in the studio with movement science so that everyone can have happy and healthy shoulders and be able to do whatever discipline that they want to do for as long as they want to do it and not have their shoulders be the reason that they can't continue to perform in whatever aspect that they want to. So let's talk about the shoulder. First, we're going to start with the anatomy. Your shoulder is made up of a few different joints, if you think about it in the entire complexity of the shoulder. So you have your upper arm, which is your humerus, and it is going to attach to your scapula, which is your shoulder blade. The top of your humerus, the top of your arm bone, is shaped a little bit like a ball, like a half of a ball, and it fits into a concave surface on your shoulder blade called your glenoid fossa. Those two have to interact to keep your joints connected. No one wants to have their shoulders dislocating, and that's what happens when those two surfaces separate. Um, you have lots of different ligaments that connect the two different joints, and then you have several muscles that help bring some stability to that area. The shoulder is the most mobile joint in the body, but it sacrifices stability for that mobility. The other joint that would be somewhat comparable would be your hip. And if you think of all the things that you can do with your shoulders versus your hip, your hip is more stable, but less mobile, where your shoulders are less stable and more mobile. Okay. Your collarbone or your clavicle also plays a part. It runs from like the front of your chest and connects on to your shoulder blade. And then your neck and your thoracic spine also impact your shoulder because a lot of the muscles that connect from your neck connect onto your scapula. And then same thing with your like the midline of your scapula or your shoulder blade connects to your thoracic spine. Everybody has to play their part. Everybody has to get along. Everybody's got to pull their weight for your shoulders to move the way that they are designed to move. So when we are thinking of overhead shoulder mobility and stability, we are going to raise our arm up, which will be flexing our shoulder. As our arm comes up, our shoulder blade has to upwardly rotate so the bottom part of it will tip up towards the top and posteriorly tilt so it'll kind of tip backwards and then it needs to travel towards the front of our rib cage it's not going to travel all the way to the front obviously that'd be super creepy but it needs to wrap around towards the midline of our rib cage if we were to look at someone from the side that is what naturally should happen when we raise our arms overhead where the cues, shoulder blades down and back, put your shoulder blades in your back pocket, keep your shoulders away from your ears, interrupt that process, right? So if our shoulder blade, does, how it's designed, is supposed to rotate up and come around our body, and then we say, put your shoulder blades in your back pocket, those are two very conflicting things. And this is where a lot of that 
pinchy sensation occurs in your shoulders when you're trying to do two different things. Like your body's like, no, my shoulder blade needs to come up. and But then you're telling me to put it in my back pocket. Something's got to give somewhere. And that's where we end up with shoulder pain, which isn't fun. Nobody wants to have painful shoulders. So some ways that we can cue this to be slightly different is let your shoulder blades move. Let them come up with your arm as it comes up overhead. Allow it to wrap towards the midline of your rib cage. And as you grab whatever apparatus that you're going to be practicing on, grab it and twist into external rotation. So that would be if you're overhead, you're going to take your pinky towards the front of the room. Or if that is confusing, the back of your elbow, the part that you like bonk on the table should move towards the front of you. This is a more stable position for your shoulder in an overhead position. Another misconception that happens, especially in the pole world, I'm not 100% sure about the aerial world because I'm not in that quite as much, is that there's a cue to engage your lats. Well, we're wanting to be in external rotation, like I just said, in that overhead position. And guess what our lats do? Internally rotate our arm. So we don't want to engage our lats in this position. We want to engage our middle and lower trap muscles, trapezius muscles, as well as our rotator cuff to keep our shoulder joint nice and stable. It's going to feel weird. And if you don't know really what you're looking for, it can be very tricky to see the difference between a lat engagement in an overhead position and a middle trap rotator cuff engagement in an overhead position. But for the love of your shoulders and for the love of pole, let's not use our lats. So hopefully that visual made sense. I filmed a video on Instagram if you are more of a visual person than a word person. But let me know what you think and if you have any other questions. And I will talk to you in the next one. Have a good day. Bye.